This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. What? Okay. Oh my gosh. Hey siblings, you're listening to I Have to Call My Sister. But you already know that. My name is Stacy and my name is Kayla. Need a pump up? We got you. We'll say it like it is. And yeah, maybe laugh a little obnoxiously. <laughs> oh my god, just start the show. Hello, Sister Kayla. Hello, Sister Stacy. Are you ready for today's podcast? Yes. I'm so excited. We're doing it a little bit different today. We're not having not only one guest, but two guests, but two. And the title of our podcast sounds like the most depressing thing ever. But these stories are like crazy, but also have a twist ending to them, which I will not tell you. The best twist endings, yeah. Well, now you just told the ending. Well, okay, well, I would hope that it's the best twist ending. Well, like, yeah, no, I know, I know. <laughs> Like, you just told the bang yeah, ending. It's you like, gotta find out. <laughs> We're talking to ghosts today. Yeah. <laughs> we have our ghost friend, Dave. <laughs> Well, there he is, is everybody. The Beyond the green. <laughs> You're talking to ghosts today. Okay, so so the first person we have is Dave, who you just heard. Um, Dave, his name is Dave Hole, and him and I have been friends since we were I like how old Dave? Like it's been 16 years. It's like okay, I was gonna be like probably like seven years or something. <laughs> 16 years? 16 years. Where did you guys meet? Musicals with this group of people, and Stacy was a friend of Tammy, who is like the person who planned everything. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah for sure. And uh, and then Stacy was invited to a couple things, and then we did like a show together, didn't we? Like a, a sh- <laughs> at the Cambridge Center for the Arts. Yes, and do you want to know review. something that's funny? Is that's the only one I think we've ever done. Like, which is so yeah. weird, and it's also weird because Tammy, the the first time I ever met you was when everybody was doing Grease, and so there, like, we've had guests on our podcast, Kayla, like Mitch from uh, ASAP Science was also in Grease. It was like yeah. this production of Grease was like this crazy whatever, but I wasn't in it, and I am now like a professional like singer actor whatever, and I was just the random fan on the side always going to watch their shows <laughs> so and you know what was so embarrassing too like they didn't know I was like a, like a performer and so they'd all be like oh thank you like signing autographs off stage and I was like yeah like I like I, I sing too so but like I, they didn't know <laughs> and so oh I was like try, like they had no idea who I was but I was just this random like Tammy's friend or whatever but yeah then we did a show in Cambridge together with so many people who are now still our friends and then like since then 
I literally don't think we've ever performed together since. Remember when I moved to Toronto and then like you and I became really good friends? Uh, no. Did you and Dave? <laughs> <laughs> no, remember there was like a time there where you and I were like hanging out. I can't remember why or how. Without okay. me? Yes. Okay, Dave, um, this is the rudest thing ever because you're just not <laughs> responding as if we were friends. So well, never mind. No, of course we're friends. I feel okay. like was it when you had Monroe. Absolutely I not. I was <laughs> hammered. I was hammered on the side of the street was in Toronto. Never mind. We no, friends. I totally Wait. believe you. But if we were at a bar, I was probably blackout. Like I was blackout. Oh, well, for most clearly, of my Dave, because I thought we had a great connection. But never mind. I, I think we do too. You know what's so funny that Dave doesn't remember that you were friends because Dave, like we talk about Kayla's crazy past. I don't even know. It's Dave, since the pandemic, we haven't seen each other. I don't know if you're still like this, but Kayla's like you when you guys drink. You think you're fine, but you absolutely like do not remember anything. You're acting like a crazy person. That's like the you best both- best way to do it, right, Dave? <laughs> I mean, if I don't remember, then I can't get blamed for it. Exactly. We're just living the dream. Yeah. Living the dream. Well, remember um, when you guys were best friends and no one remembers? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I, I'm so sorry that I, like, I'm it's okay. trying to, I'm like, just, I'm trying to think of, like, a specific No, that makes moment. it worse. That makes it worse, Dave. <laughs> just drop it. It makes it worse to try to think of when we were good friends. So it's fine. Um... <laughs> He's like, let me just think if I remember. Let me just think a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, the time that you were on the side of the street and I like just sat down on the curb next to you. I remember we went to the Pride Parade the one yeah, time. Yeah, oh, we like smoked meth. Kayla <laughs> did some cocaine. Kayla, great night. That Pride Parade, he, we did not go with Dave you to that You weren't Pride there, Stacy. Okay, well, another year okay. at the yeah, Pride yeah. Parade, we went together, you and I, Kayla, and then Dave, we just found him dancing in the middle of a circle. Mm, of course yeah. we did. So, okay, so. Okay, you get the relationship. We have uh, this friendship since we were younger. We, like, party. We dance. We would go to Tammy's house all the time and have these, like, bonfire things that were, like, the epic past of our life. Like, Tammy always hosted the best parties. So then you get a call one day. Okay, so as you know, this episode is called F-U-C-K, or we're going to put a star in it somewhere. Cancer. And Dave, so... You're, I think, the first person in my life that wasn't like an elderly person or like a person I didn't know that received the following news that you're about to tell us. And it was, uh, to me, the most shocking thing ever. (laughs) So I feel like to you, it must have been crazy. So can you tell us your experience? What happened when you got cancer? How you found out? What you felt like? Like, what the hell was that like? Tell us. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I went into a doctor because I thought that I had like bronchitis because I was like coughing a lot. I like it was just like it was gross. And I thought I had a cold. My throat hurt everything. So I went in and um, the doctor gave me antibiotics. And then like seven days later, I wasn't getting any better after taking antibiotics for seven days. So I'm like, OK, so there's something else going on here. Uh, so I went back to the same doctor and uh, he was like, okay, well, like maybe it's pneumonia or something else. So he sent me to have my chest x-ray to see if there was any fluid or anything in my lungs. And when they did the chest x-ray, <laughs> this was like the craziest thing in my life. I got the results back and this woman was like, okay, so you have to go to the hospital because there's, um, your looks like your heart is inflamed or enlarged. And I was like, okay, so... After I had to go to the hospital, I was like, can I like go and grab like my 
iPhone cord and like, could I go and get like some clothes and stuff like that? Like who knows how long I'm going to be there. She's like, you need to go directly to the hospital. Whoa, She's like, I will pay gosh. for a cab. I was like, okay, now this is really serious. Yeah. Um, so I called, I couldn't call my mother cause I know that'd be a fucking mess. Um, I'm allowed to swear, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I called my little sister and while I was oh. on the phone with her, I was like, hi, Danielle, this is David. Just, you know, she's like, I can't understand you. And I'm like, oh well, I can't God. say it again. Like I've already, yeah. I can't, I couldn't get through it. So but and at this phone. point you didn't even know what. I know. No, I was just was. like, I'm like, I'm going to die of heart disease or heart oh attack my or something. Um, <laughs> so I, Passed the phone to this doctor who explained to my sister what was going on and that I was going to be at St. Mike's because I couldn't bear to tell my mother that anything wrong was wrong with me because she would like she'd be freaking out. Um, The reason that they saw in the X-ray that my heart looked like it was enlarged was because the fluid builds up around your heart whenever your heart's being attacked by something. And that's like, yes, that's like a. I didn't know it either, but they told me about it. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's like a defense mechanism or whatever that your heart has wow. is to to protect your heart. It builds up fluid. So that's why it looked weird on the on the x-ray. Um, that night, I stayed the night there. My parents showed up at like midnight and I was like, I called my roommate and I was like, can you quickly clean my room? And my parents could just stay over because they didn't don't live in Toronto. Um, you have to clean your room. Yeah. <laughs> That's your biggest concern. Just so you have to clean my room. room. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, clean my room. Make sure there's like nothing around that my parents could see that would be awkward. That's so um, funny. <laughs> uh, so he did that. It was really nice. And then um, Saturday, I ended up having like a grapefruit size uh, lymph node under my armpit. Yes, I remember um, this because I saw that, and it was so. Big. Yeah. Like I, it was that, it crazy. Was, it was literally the size of a grapefruit. Yeah. Um, so that, and that like blew up like just overnight. Um, oh really? So, yeah. So like that happened like Saturday during the days when they kind of found that out. And then they did a biopsy later in the afternoon where they like take tissue from it. So they stick like a needle and they take tissue from it so that they can test it. Uh, then Saturday night while I was in the hospital, I like literally Googled all my symptoms, which I don't oh, recommend. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Cause like for a while I was going to die from thyroid issues for a while. Uh-huh. I was going to die from, uh, I don't know, like tuberculosis. Yeah. But do you want to know, do you want to know what the, <laughs> the, the sick, I guess, twist to all this is you always recommend to people to not Google things. Cause it always says you have cancer. <laughs> But you did have cancer. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. This sounds horrible only because I now know the ending. But, like, it was the worst case scenario. Like, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you were Googling and being like, hope it's not that. But then it was that. Yeah. Like, it, that, that's that's crazy. So, sorry, continue. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting tripped out. I'm getting tripped out by that. I was kind of, like, at the point where I was prepared that it would be the worst. Because of, like, because of the tumor plus the lymph node plus everything else. Like, lymphoma was, like, the first thing on the list. Um, and then, uh, Sunday, uh, my mom and dad are sitting in the room with me and the doctor comes in with like six other doctors. Um, and cause they're students. So they're what? like, oh, yeah. No. So they like had student doctors cause it's like a, um, a teaching school as well yeah. or whatever. So they all come in and, um, they're like, Hey, we need you to take off your pants so that we can like 
feel around your groin area for swollen lymph nodes. And then like literally like seven people just touched me all over my body, <laughs> like feeling Sounds everywhere. Amazing. Yeah. It was like most action I'd had in years. <laughs> Wait, but did you have to, did you have to say, yeah, it's okay that they came in or did they just come in? Uh, no, they, they asked. They were like, is this fine? And I was like, but I was having a pap test one time and they said, is it okay if the students come in? And I didn't want them to come in, but I panicked and just said, yes. I did the same thing. <laughs> so and then, then I everyone... had like four people looking at my vag yeah. rather yeah. than just one. Yeah. Like, I didn't actually want them, but I was like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah. yeah. be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be cool. Anyway, so that happened to you too. your legs are in stirrups and you're like, yeah, sure. I got yeah. it. Fully. And I was dying because they were all like young, right? So there's yeah. like, like 20 year olds and I was the same age as them. And it was just like, oh, it was horrible. Yeah. Anyway, I can't imagine like, yours is worse. Thank God none of them were cute. Like if someone (laughs) was cute, I'd be like, hey, you can't touch. Yeah, (laughs) you have to go. You have to go. You can't see me in this condition. Um, Oh, that was the other thing that I forgot. When I first got admitted into the hospital, the hottest gay nurse was the one like taking care of me that night. And I had to do this test where I had to do like a butt swap. This is getting real crazy here. But you were like dying. But well, no, he was while he was trying to explain this to me because he knows I'm gay. Like, obviously, I will. And you're like hot. I walk around with a person that falls out of my mouth. Like, So he's like, yeah, so you just uh, take like the Q-tip end and you, uh, you know, stick it up there and just and literally that's the noise he made. I was like, it was just so awkward. He's like, yeah, how can I? I was like, <laughs> and, and he was so fucking hot. I was like, but yeah, so sorry, Sunday. So these doctors do this. They tell me about what happened with the thing under the armpit. And, um, the this like other doctor comes in and says hi i'm dr blah blah blah. i obviously haven't been with you but i've seen your results and everything and she's like i'm like 99 percent sure that this is lymphoma she's like cancer of the lymphatic system and my mom was like pardon me like just (gasps) she went (laughs) in like protective mom mode Yeah, yeah she was like just in shock and i had already like i've already like decided that this is what i have so mm-hmm. I was like much calmer, but like my mom was a mess and like seeing her be a mess was even worse. And like, yeah. I obviously I could never blame her because no, I can't yeah. imagine what she had to, what she was thinking or going through. But, and my, my dad was like, he's pretty quiet anyways, but, um, but he was pretty upset as well. And, and seeing and you're my dad really close with your family, like, yes, you're, yeah, like he's very close with his parents and like your family. So that would have been. Horrible. Yeah. So yeah. and like seeing my dad upset was like almost like that was like one of the craziest things. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy how quickly my family was like we were automatically just like drawn together and so much closer just because we knew what was what was going to happen. Yeah. What was like going and to what needed to be done. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Um, I can't remember when you told us but i remember i saw you because of our crazy life and like we're always here there everywhere i saw you without cancer like when you didn't know you had it and then the next time i saw you was in the hospital when you had no hair and no eyebrows and uh, like it it was shocking <laughs> like i can't yeah. i can't remember when you told us though or like if you made that de- like how you made that decision or whatever but did was there a, a moment where you're like i'm gonna tell my friends now or like what happened how did that happen um well i had uh posted photos on 
Facebook, mm. like before I knew. Um, so then when, um, when I found out that this was actually what it was, I was like, okay, well, I have to tell all these people that have seen all these photos of me in the hospital, what's actually going on. Yeah. So I yes, ended up, yes, yes. I ended up messaging everyone like the night before I released this like seven minute video of what was happening. Oh yes. I the remember the video. video. Yeah. Yes. The that was, video. I was like, it was the first time I went viral. I'm like, fuck, I had to get cancer to go viral. Great. Oh <laughs> I actually <laughs> did. I, re- I remember that video and I like, I can't even explain like what it did to me. Like I was like, <laughs> I, I was, I was just like, so it just, it almost just like woke me up. You know what I mean? Like I was like, and you were just so, I remember you were so positive in the video and you were your funny, normal self, but you're also telling the most traumatic news. And I just remember like, this might be weird, but I just remember like crying, watching the video and being like, I, I can't, I just, I, it just woke me up and I'm like, I can't complain about these stupid things anymore. You know what I mean? Like that video, like really, really affected me. Well, as your best friend, I can understand that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to make the joke, and then you beat me to it. <laughs> Ever. I hated the video. No. I know. So, it was so weird to make it, too. But No, whatever. but it was. Yeah. I forgot. Of course, the video. The video. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then we get to the point where you're now doing, like, chemotherapy. It was chemotherapy and radiation, right? And you had to. Just, and you- just chemo. Oh, just chemo. Okay. And just just this chemo makes you like lose your hair. And I remember. Yeah. What were all your side effects? Yeah. Was it exactly like you hear like in the movies? I mean, it was a lot. I, I never got sick, which is like, I never vomited or threw up or anything. Oh, Um, so I was really lucky in that sense. You lose your eyelashes too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eyelashes go away. I like I lost quite a bit of weight, even though I was eating because my mom basically moved in with me. Yeah. Um, which was a struggle in itself because, you know, being a 20, 27, yeah, 27 year old man living with your mom again, it was a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, like she was she was doing her, you know, doing her best. And yeah. she like she was the most supportive person that I like. I can't believe and comprehend the strength that this woman has like i i love her so oh my much. God. yeah 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 um wait i have a question about the hair loss thing do you also lose like your facial hair like does your hair stop growing in yeah i lost it's like everything. everything oh you lost yeah, everything everything like, pubes everything yeah free a, se- a free brazilian i was, a, she was a seal <laughs> yeah. she was a seal for a while yeah. okay <laughs> yeah so okay and then okay i'm gonna ask a really heavy question right now that i would not ask unless i i want to actually let all the listeners know dave no longer has cancer so were you afraid at the time that you were gonna die like were you like oh my god i'm gonna die and and i feel like actually like i'm gonna vomit even asking you that question because i'm sure like i i know i was afraid because i didn't understand it and i was like oh my god if i don't want dave to die so did you go through that ever I think I had like my moments, like there was moments where I was like, I don't, I don't have the strength for this or I don't like, I'm, I'm exhausted. And like, there was like that stuff, that kind of thing. But I was always like, I was always at the point where I was like, you know what, like, this is like the cards that I've been dealt and I'm going to get through this. I'm going to deal with it. And like, I had the most supportive, like the most support and I was really lucky to have that. So like, whenever I was like really down and out, there was always someone 
to kind of bring me out of that funk or bring me out of that. And that was yeah. like probably like the best thing that you can have. And like, it was people like that would make jokes about it. Like that, like I like live for comedy yeah. and live for humor and like live for that <laughs> sort of thing. So like, uh, there were times where I was like, I'm like one fucking chemo treatment away from my go away. Like, <laughs> I think people get really awkward with situations like this because it's such a sad thing that people are like, we just have to be polite and we can't joke around and whatever. But then it's like that makes it worse because then it's like they're not treating you like how they're treating okay. you different now. Tammy and I go to visit Dave at the hospital and the whole way up, I'm like, I can't do this. If I, I have to remember, be serious. Stacey, I remember you saying I am so stressed because I don't know if I should go in and be serious or if I can go in and be with Dave how Dave is like I literally was freaking out I was like if I have to be serious with Dave Hole I literally will just stand there and I will be the most obviously uncomfortable person ever if I have to be serious (laughs) because that is absolutely not our relationship Mm -hmm. and I remember we went in and it was shocking to at first I saw you and you had no hair and you were like so skinny and you had no eyelashes and eyebrows and all this stuff. And then you were like, hey, bitch, or something like that. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, my God, thank God. God, Like, I literally, I was, I was, I just didn't know. Like, nobody knows. Nobody knows because, like, it's so rare that um, everybody thinks it's never going to happen to me or it's never going to happen to one of my friends or whatever. And then when it does and the person's in their 20s and 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 it's just, it was just so weird like as an outsider person and I I was also so sad about it but I I I did not know how I was supposed to act but then it was like of course Dave in his role of I'm gonna make everybody feel good right now and I'm gonna make sure everyone's okay made us okay visiting him you know what I mean so um there was a moment I remember after you found out that you didn't have cancer anymore And we went to a party at Tammy's house. This was before COVID. And I remember being so excited to see you because you were in remission. You didn't have cancer anymore. And this is going to sound so cheesy. But when I saw you, there was this like, you were just so happy and you're always funny. But you had this like attitude of like, I don't give a of a fuck <laughs> like it was like this just like attitude and do you remember what i am talking about dave do you remember that party where we literally could not breathe because we kept dimming the light on people oh yeah we, there was there was this party <laughs> kayla it was the funniest thing I, like mark laidman my boyfriend says there he has never seen me laugh harder <laughs> tammy has a dimmer light at her party and dave the, the whole night kept going a bit darker, bit darker, bit darker. And then <laughs> finally, everyone would be in the dark. And then you'd, but you'd see them at a point where like they weren't paying attention. And when it got kind of like too dark, too you dark, saw, to, like, saw people kind of like starting to like look around. And Dave and I were literally <laughs> like, I actually think I peed my pants that night. You were laughing so hard. And he kept, we kept, we did it probably eight times. And Tammy oh was getting God. so mad at us. And yeah, we, we were so no, discreet about it. Like, we were. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody was catching on. That's the funniest thing is nobody actually knew what was happening because it was such a gradual dim. And <laughs> we, I literally thought it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I remember that night I had so much fun. And you just had this, I don't know, I swear you were different. So am I right? Were you different? And then I want to go into talking about how all of a sudden you became a drag queen after. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you feel different? Did you feel different after the fact? 
I don't know. I like. I swear I, you were, or maybe I'm making a movie in my head. <laughs> I mean, like I, I could, like I could have been, but like it might also just been like something that I didn't notice because it's just like I, because I just took the experience that I had and like moved on and like didn't even think that like I, obviously like there were certain things that I would I, I was trying to be more grateful for and like take less advantage of and like all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to like just hanging out with people, I was like, finally, I can do this again. So like, yeah. I was excited, maybe like that could have been it. That it was like no stress. There was no stress, and yeah. there was no. You didn't have anything. You just weren't stressed about anything. Like you just, you were just there that's, for the good time. Yeah. That's what I'm curious about. Like after having cancer and beating it, do you have this different way now where you're like? Do you have more fears in life or do you have less fears in life? Because you're like, I've been through that. I can deal with whatever. Or is it just kind of like, it happened. Let's move on. And it is what it is. That's like a hard hitting question there, Letterman. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I just just know that I have this constant fear. And this stems from my anxiety. But I'm always have this fear of so many things in life, whether it happened to me or my family or whatever. So I don't know if this were to happen to me, if I would be more fearful and and be constantly thinking, well, if I had it, everyone's going to get it. Or if I'd be like, I had it and now it is what it is. And now I'm, I'm not going to worry about the small things in life. Right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, for the most part of my life, I was not really like, I was never really one to fear too much. I was never like, like there was obviously like certain things that were like a big deal that kind of changed or shaped who I am or whatever mm-hmm. um I feel like cancer it was a big like kind of reshaped my priorities of like how like how I deal with things and it's like obviously my family and I've gotten so much closer since and like I think yeah. that was like I was like I was almost like the silver lining of it because like we were obviously we were close we were close like we we hated each other as kids but I mean the, <laughs> yeah. they, everyone does that's normal yeah um <laughs> but yeah so it's just like I like I talk to my family more than I used to mm-hmm. or like I make time for them which is which I think is a good thing. Um, I guess it is kind of like, well, if I made it through that, I can deal with anything. One thing I just always remember, like I talked about you to so many people and I just always remember being like, you're just so freaking positive. And I'm like a full believer in like, just positive thinking, positive thinking and like manifestation, whatever. And like, I just remember you being so positive all the time. And I'm like, how are you doing this? Like, how are you so friggin' positive when this is happening? But I feel like that is just the way you live. And now, even like with this answer now, you're like, yeah, like (laughs) it it happened and I'm going to just move on. Like, of course you're thinking that, you know what I I mean? Because you're like, it is what it is. I stayed positive the whole time. I made the best out of the situation. And now look at where you are now, right? Like You beat it and then became a drag queen. Was that a coincidence or was... (laughs) That just timing, like, was that just weird timing? Because you were not a drag queen before that. I was in Calgary. Oh, well, clearly not famous yeah. enough of a drag queen. <laughs> yeah, like I'm your I'm your friend, and I didn't even know. Was it? I mean, okay, that wait, was so- when that was when Kayla and I became best friends. Oh, okay. Introduce your drag name, or introduce introduce your drag. How do you? How would you word that? Your a drag persona. I don't. Yeah. Know. yeah. Uh, so my drag name is Tara Hall. It's my actual last name, which is H O H L. It's the um, funniest drag name I've ever heard of. Well, how did you get Tara? Like, why Tara? Kayla, Tara Hall. Tara, a hole. Uh, hole. Kayla. 
She's like, now tell me, how did you get Tara? I thought you were going to be like, Kayla, that's his mom's name. Or no. <laughs> his last name is Hole. So he's Tara I Hole. I didn't know. I thought yeah. you were this innocent drag queen. No. <laughs> I didn't know it was Tara Hole. That's, that is hilarious. That's the funniest drag name I've ever heard. Now, how did you get Tara? <laughs> <laughs> Is that your grandmother's middle name? Is that the street you grew up on? I I feel like not everyone would get it. Everyone gets it. I mean, it takes a minute, but when you know me this long. um... I'm just playing the act that we're not friends. Everyone gets it. Tara. I get it now, guys. I get it. Okay. Tara performs to Stacey K music. Like Like, all of it. Like all of my album. Three. Like three for sure. Three songs that I always use. And you're really good at the fast rapping that I do that I thought like I was like so unique because I was this fast rapper. Well, Dave knows all of them and can lip sync them perfectly. Look at me, going to be an enemy, enemy. Want to be part of it? Look at the kill, be better, be better, and give it a guarantee. Look at me, take it a down. <laughs> Did you know I that I don't it. know that rap? Like, that is my rap. <laughs> that is my rap. And I have to do it live. And I absolutely do not know it. And I fully just make it up. I'll be like, look at me, going to be everybody, want to be enemy, send them a ticket, minimity. And I'll like fully have messed it up every single time. And Dave just did the lyrics perfectly. So he, so Tara Hole does Stacey K music. And like legit, I have received followers on social media and more <laughs> streams and listens on my music because of you. So thank you. Well, well <laughs> like, if you want to send those followers my way, it is T-A-R-A. <laughs> Have you ever done a death drop? Uh, only in the sand at Hanlon's when I was like a bottle of vodka. <laughs> only in the sand. Um, but I did it. Did it like, hurt? I'm not a dancer. No, I did. I had to do it a bunch of times to get the boomerang right. Picturing you in oh. the sand. Yeah. In the sand. I'll, I'll send it to you later. It's a really oh slow God, motion. Please. <laughs> That would be a great thing to post on our podcast. So yes. please actually send us that. Oh my god, okay. that's so funny. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast, Dave. We're not even done our episode yet. So just wait. We have another person coming on to tell their story about stupid cancer. It's horrible, but like in the end, it can turn around and be amazing. And Dave has an amazing life and is crazy and the, one of the funniest people I've ever met. So thank you for coming on our podcast and telling us that you're deep dark things and i love wait you. and tell <laughs> tell everyone where they can find you and tara well a thank you for having me it was so nice being here um no, <laughs> uh, no it really has been it's been so nice to catch up with both of you and like i love you to bits like kayla we can be best friends now okay, um, yeah now that we're like we're back in touch uh but yeah you can find me at uh dave hole d-a-v-e-h-o-h-l and that's on instagram and then also on Instagram, I am uh, Tara Hole T-O, T-A-R-A-H-O-H-L-T-O, because somebody else already has the name Tara Hole, and it's what? actually <laughs> that lives in, like, Kansas or something. Yeah, the poor girl. That's horrible. <laughs> like, like I, ho- I hope she married into that, and that wasn't, like, how her parents yeah. named her. No, but um, even if she, if she married into it, like, do not change your last name. But I'll have to, I'll have to do some research. Maybe like it could have been worse. Like if she hyphenated it, it was like Tara Hall Bottom or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then that means her real name would be Tara Bottom. This is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> Let's follow her too. We're all yeah. gonna follow her. <laughs> yeah, she needs the followers. She needs yeah. that. She needs that. Oh my gosh. Okay, Dave. Thank you so much for everything. Thank I miss you. you and have a good day. 
Thank you for having me. Love ya. Bye. Bye. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Support for I Have to Call My Sister is brought to you by Manscaped. Ladies, Stace, listen up. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you and your mans. You know what? Now, I'm not saying I'm not into some hair on my man's body because I do like that. But as long as it's like clean and nicely trimmed, we're good to go. And this is where Manscaped comes in. They have just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Not only can men use this, but women can too. And let me tell you, he will thank you. I'm so sorry, mom and dad. Chris is literally already obsessed and he's just fully stolen it from me, which makes me furious. But not only does this trimmer have wireless charging, it's also waterproof. So now they can freaking shave in the shower and not make a mess in the bathroom sink or floor. But want to know the best part about all of this? We have an exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SIBLINGS20 at manscaped.com. And trust me, your balls will thank you. There is this skincare line that Kayla and I started using, and it's called Face Addiction. It addresses all skin concerns, and it's something that you would, like, expect from a professional spa line. It smells amazing. That's the first thing that we notice. And it's free of chemical preservatives. My mom will be so happy. That's one thing I did not care about as a younger person. And now I realize like why it's so important. Face Addiction line has been formulated to work in harmony with each other in order to treat any skin type. And the best part is they have a green commitment. So their packaging, amount of travel they do for delivery, to like even the place the products are manufactured, it's all amazing for our planet. These are the people that are changing the world. Face Addiction. You can go to www.faceaddiction.ca and order this amazing product. And guess what? If you use the code SIBLINGS, then you get 15% off your entire order. Sunna Smile is an LED activated teeth whitening system. And when you have big teeth like Kayla and I, they better be white. So this one, it's safe on enamel, protects gums, causes little to no sensitivity, which is like the worst thing when you do like the other white strips. I feel like it, like your teeth are so sensitive. But this one is a registered natural health product. And on top of all that, it's cost effective. One Sun of Smile session is the equivalent in whitening power, this is crazy, to 50 tubes of whitening toothpaste, 25 dental whitening syringes, and five packages of strips. 
visit sunnasmile.com, which is spelled S-U-N-N-A-S-M-I-L-E.com to find out more information. Okay, so that was Dave's story. He is so funny. I actually miss him so He's much. crazy. Even though he doesn't remember us being friends. Um, <laughs> but next up... Because we- you're his friend's little sister. No, I'm telling you, there was a moment, a hot minute, where him and I were like solid friends. Okay, whatever. Okay. Continue on. So, <laughs> next up, we have... Um, so she and I were friends when we played travel basketball for like... 10 years together. Um, so I've known her for a really long time, but I literally have not seen her since like grade 12 in high school because travel basketball yeah. ended, whatever. We just like went our separate ways. So I haven't talked to her in forever, but I have been following her on social media. And she also has one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. It is also a story that turns out amazing. I'm not going to do the like punchline thing, Stacey. I'll just say that it turns out amazing. <laughs> um, so I just thought that I thought that Dave and her stories are just like so interesting and it needs to be talked about. Yeah. And they're both like young and awesome and like the hottest, best people ever. And so I just thought yeah, they need yeah. to come on. They need to tell their story. So here's Jane. Welcome to the podcast, Jane. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I feel famous. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, Jane, how do you say your last name? Nagzam. Yeah, because like I remember when we were younger, I'd be like, Nag-Zam. Jane. <laughs> I always thought it was like Nagzam. Like Nagzam. Kayla, you said Nagzam when you were younger. It's just Nagzam? Nagzam. It's just two syllables. It's a lot less scary than it looks, but there's a T in there that you don't actually pronounce. There's a few extra A's. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely, Kayla, did a three syllable last name. 100%. When you were younger, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, I'm so excited. This is so trippy to me because I haven't seen you in so long. So you long. look the exact same, but you also you're just like a more like beautiful version. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, like a beautiful adult. You do. <laughs> you look like the child that I knew, and then you now are like yeah, just literally the grown up, pretty version of that. Yeah, child, which is... I need to talk to you guys every day. Like I need this face every day. <laughs> the, I have to call my sister Papa. Yeah. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so everybody knows, we spoke to Jane in advance, and we said this is a very sensitive subject and is there anything that you don't want us to talk about and Jane basically said listen I'm an open book and I probably say like too many things and we're like no that's perfect so um, (laughs) Jane can you just give us a little bit of a story about like obviously you're here because you're awesome but we also want to talk about like the sensitive subject so can you just give a little backstory yeah so um I am on my way to being a two-time brain tumor survivor Six years ago, I was diagnosed with my first brain tumor. I went through an operation. I did all that. Um, I basically went six years without without this thing, and then um, and then it came back. So I've had my second brain surgery um, just this past October, so just a few months ago, and I am now um, undergoing radiation therapy. That's the current state of my life. I'm on leave from work, so I do a whole lot of nothing all day, every day, um, <laughs> except, except go to treatment. So yeah. I'm finished treatment next week, and then I will officially be able to call myself a two-time brain tumor survivor. Yes! Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. So the first time you said was six years ago when you found out that you initially had this brain tumor. Yeah, I guess right? I guess seven, six or seven. My math's not okay. good, so we'll say... Seven. Can I can I clarify something? Mm-hmm. Does a brain tumor always mean cancer? Like, is is it cancer of the brain? 
the tumor or no? So it doesn't always mean cancer. Um, so originally I was diagnosed with a tumor that was benign, which is non-cancerous. Um, but they don't know anything. They can't see it until they go in there and take it out and do a biopsy. There's really no way to tell if it is cancer or not. Oh, I so didn't you know go, that. You go through the process of like waiting. It's, and it is a lot, it's a lot of waiting. It's a big waiting game. Um, and then you get your biopsy results and then, and then essentially you find out if it's cancerous or not. So, okay. So when they told you, because I've just like seen movies and stuff like this, right. Where they like tell the patient they have cancer and it's like, just everything flashes before your eyes. So how did you feel the first time they were like, you have brain cancer? So when I was first diagnosed, uh, like I said, I was diagnosed with benign tumor. So at first, nobody said cancer to me. So when I was diagnosed, I actually, a little bit of a background, I was living in Air, Ontario with my parents. I was driving to Toronto to go to a Blue Jays game. I was by myself. I was in a car accident. So from that car accident, I started going to physio. I had a little bit of whiplash, some pain in my neck and some headaches and stuff. After about a month of physio, I was still having the same pains. And my physiotherapist was like, I don't want to touch you anymore. Like it's been a long time since I've been treating you. I think you should go get an MRI or something. So I had a CAT scan done the technician. I'm not sure exactly what they're called, but she said to me, okay, uh, call your doctor tomorrow for the results, which automatically set off a red flag to me because usually the doctor calls you if there's something wrong. So the fact that she said to me, you should call your doctor tomorrow yeah, I was like, okay, that's kind of strange. So I did that. I called my doctor and the receptionist was like, no, like he hasn't even looked at your scan yet. Like, I don't know why you're calling us. We will call you once he gets to your images. So like five minutes later, the doctor called me. Yeah. And so at this point it was, this was on my mom's birthday. My parents were on vacation for um, her birthday slash their anniversary. So I was home alone. So they told me on the phone, we want you to come into the office now. Um, bring someone with you. Oh, my God. And I was by myself. It was the middle of the day. I was actually getting ready to go to work. And everybody I knew was like working day jobs or whatever. So I was like, yeah. okay, I'm just going to go by myself. Like, I'm not going to bother anyone else. Oh. So I went to the doctor the doctor's office was closed. It was their lunch hour. So I knocked on the door and they let me in during the lunch hour when there was nobody else in there. And my doctor basically sat me down. She like patted my knee. Like she was the worst. Like she just was not a good doctor. And she, she gave me a book. She said, you have a brain tumor. She gave me a book that was essentially like a textbook of like every type of brain tumor there is. And there's like tons and I don't want to read about everything that I don't have. Like, just give yeah. me the information what I do have. Yeah. So I immediately started crying. She, again, patted my knee, left the room, like <gasps> just le left me there by myself. And so at that point, I called a friend of mine and I was like, okay, uh, something has happened. I need you to pick me up. So I left my car there. She came to pick me up and on the way home it was like silence. And she was like, okay, like what is going on? So I, I told her and she pulled over the car and we had like, we had this like awkward hugging moment. Like when somebody tells you, you have a, or they have a brain tumor. Like I can't imagine being on the receiving end of that news because that's like 
hard to yeah, process. That's a lot to take in. For well, sure. and you yeah. want to like, you want to cry and be like, oh my God. But then you're also like, wait, I can't do that right now for the person who's telling me that information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. then you're like, they're probably just like holding everything being like, what do I do? I've never experienced this before. So yeah, that's totally. interesting. Wait, the doctor patted your knee, left, and then you were like, okay, bye. And then never, you know, you, she just left. I, I don't like her. She can't, no, she was the absolute worst. The reason she was my doctor was because I had a great doctor my entire life and he retired and she took over his practice. So she was still fairly new. Um, I didn't like her from the get go and it was just like horrible. And to, to be given news like that, like you want somebody that's like compassionate and like empathetic. And she's, she was none of those things. And it was like, I think it made the whole thing so much worse. She's a robot that thought she was supposed to pat you on the knee. Yeah. And it was super weird. So I sat there in her office by myself and bald and like kind of just like flipped through the pages of this brain tumor book she gave me oh without God. actually really reading any of it. Cause I was like, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Uh, I decided I wasn't going to call my parents right away. They were on vacation. I didn't want to worry them. And in that moment, like for them to drop what they were doing and come home from vacation, like there would have been nothing they could have done. Right. Yeah. So I decided I was just going to wait until they got home to tell them. So I think the hardest part of telling my family was just having to relive that every single time I told someone new. Yeah. So when they got home, I, I told them and it was like, I thought that neither one of them was ever going to let me go. Like we just sat on the couch and we all cried and just, we like hugged for so long. And yeah. And then you like, you take a minute and feel sorry for yourself and figure out like what you're going to do. And then you kind of like just have to snap out of it and be like, okay, this is, this is what's happening now. And this is what we got to do to get through it. Can I ask you a question? Did you, um, when you received this information, because the idiot doctor just gave you a book, Mm -hmm. did you think in your head, I have a brain tumor. I don't know if that means I have cancer. I don't know if that means what, what that means for my life. I don't know. Like, did you like legit just not know, but you just knew it was bad? Yeah. Like, I think honestly, I don't really remember in that moment because there was probably so much going through my head that I don't know exactly what my thoughts were. But yeah, it's like, she did tell me that you have this type of tumor and it is benign, but even with a benign tumor, when it's growing on your brain, like it's kind of a big deal. Right. So, um, I guess through the scans, they can tell based on the behavior and the size, like they can kind of make an observation and see like, okay, this looks like this type of tumor. So that's how they were able to diagnose it. Um, turns out that what I was originally diagnosed with was not what I actually had. What? So, yeah. So it's, um, I hate her. Yeah. We hate her. Yeah. Hate her. Okay. We hate her. Just, we hate her. just she's the one that diagnosed you incorrectly. It. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was set up with a neurosurgeon out of Hamilton. So I had a meeting with him and he told me this thing is small. Um, it doesn't seem to be growing. Uh, you can live with this or we can operate. And to me, it was like, why do I want to live knowing this thing is here if you can safely remove it? Yeah, you're like, get it out. Get it out. Get it like off my mind, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Just get it out of there. Like, I don't want to deal with it. So um, we made that choice or I made that choice. And then um, at that time, I was still on my dad's insurance plan. And he had this thing through his insurance called Best Doctors. And what Best Doctors does is takes your diagnosis and all your information and they look for the best doctor in North America and to deal with your type of situation. So I was then set up with a doctor in either North or South Carolina, one of the Carolinas. 
um, who deals with brain tumors. So I didn't actually see the doctor in person, but we sent them all of my, my charts, all of my medical records, all that sort of stuff. They ordered a new MRI. So I had a new one and between the first one and the second one, there was growth in the tumor. Oh, okay. So they said to me, like, there are cells here that don't look good. Like I would recommend getting this thing removed immediately. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. What was the recovery like after that? So, obviously, brain surgery, I would say, is the most intense surgery yeah like we've only seen it in movies and on tv shows and it looks like the most shocking thing you've ever seen well brain surgeries and i think the most dangerous one right like it's they're going into your brain there are so many different things like there are so many um things they warn you about like okay your tumor is close to this vein or this artery or whatever so we have to be careful we will try and remove as much as we can without touching other parts of the brain and what my biggest fear was going into it was that I was going to be having an awake brain surgery because I don't know if you've seen on like <gasps> movies and, and yes. TV and stuff that they do that. Like they keep you awake to, to, um, to make do the sure operation. that you're, because it's actually safer that way to do that in some cases, right? In some cases. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my God, am I going to be awake for this whole thing? Turns out that I, I wasn't, Oh my God, I was but that, put under, but oh. that was like my biggest fear. I was like, Oh my God, like yeah. this is terrifying. Did you know that but, was a thing, Kayla? No. Yeah, they keep you awake. And they do that because they need to see that the brain is still being like active and yeah. that you're like, oh sometimes gosh. when they put you asleep, it can actually create more problems, whatever. Yeah. And they will ask you questions like they'll touch certain parts of your brain and they'll ask you like, like what color is the sky? Like, and you'll actually talk to them during the surgery so that they're making oh sure like gosh. your brain is functioning in the ways that it's supposed oh. to function. So that why did they decide to put you out? I think it's just, they never once told me that I was going to be having an awake surgery, but that was like the first thing that you went just had a my fear. Yeah, 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 you had yeah, a fear yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my first experience and my second experience with my surgeries were very, very different. Um, I think my second one was probably easier because I had gone through it. I knew mm-hmm. a little bit about what to expect um, because I had done it before which I hate but is also like so interesting you're like don't worry I know what's going on but like yeah, most like people I'm, I'm a pro ne- like, yeah you're a pro at brain yeah. surgery like, I mean like yeah. I would I would rather be a pro at many other things in life, but. <laughs> yeah I I just want to know so at this point you still um did not think that any sort of cancer right. was involved yeah so you wake up and they say we successfully removed it or what did they say to you yeah so that was basically it but the the first thing that I remember, like when I don't know if you guys watch Grey's Anatomy or any other I like, I do, I do. shows, <laughs> it is like like coming out of surgery. I felt like I was literally on one of those shows because I opened my eyes. There's bright lights. There's <gasps> people all like staring down at me, and people are shouting questions at me. They're like, "What's the date? What's your name? What's this? What's that?" Like they're trying to make sure that you're you're there like, and, coming yeah. out of the anesthesia and everything is okay. 
I and, feel like um, I can picture the exact scene that you're talking about. You probably can yeah. because if <laughs> like, you've seen it on TV, I yes. swear it's it was the exact what it was. same thing. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Yeah. I came out. I had like cuts all on my face. I didn't know what those were for. I had a hole in my neck because my IV line had gone through my neck. But before you go into the operating room, they don't tell you anything. Like they don't prep you at all because until everything is mapped out when you get in there, they don't know what they're doing oh. either. So I didn't know where my incision was going to be made. I didn't know what my hair was going to look like. Um, like none of that. So when I came out, I remember just, like, I had to pee so bad. And I said that to the nurse and she was like, it's okay. And I was like, what do you mean? It's okay. Like I need to go pee. And she's like, yeah, it's okay. I found out later that they had inserted catheter. So when she was saying it's okay, she was actually telling me like, yeah, just, just like pee. pee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I could not get used to it. And like my brothers were in my room and I was like, guys, I really have to pee. And they were like, well, you, you can just go. And I was like, I can't. So they were like, okay, we'll leave the room if it makes you feel better. So I kicked them out. They came back in like a few minutes later and they were like, oh, did you pee? And I was like, no, I just can't pee. And they were like, no, Jane, like you peed, your bag's full. Oh no. So <laughs> you were so frozen or what? I just, or what? Like, I don't know. It feels so it's weird just... it, when you have one of those things in oh you, like, God. it feels like your bladder is just like always full. It's the weirdest sensation. You're like, no, I And I remember pee. that being like, <laughs> I mean, I was on a lot of morphine, so I just, I don't remember feeling any actual pain from the surgery. I just remember being uncomfortable because I really had to pee. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was your biggest stress. Yeah. <laughs> this is making me think of something. Like, this is like, well, I guess it's not really a confession, but like, okay, there's been times where I was like, if I wanted to pee my pants right now, like, I couldn't. Like, like if I concentrate so hard right now and like try to make myself pee, it, my body will not let me do it. Oh, I could. Really? <laughs> yeah. I like, could pee my pants if I wanted to. Like, No, I don't think I could. Like, you know how they say there's that thing where, like, you can't, like, um, yeah, if you put, like, like, a knife to your arm, you can't actually stab yourself because your body won't let you do it? Like, I honestly feel like, like, I've done it before, like, just to see. Like, I've been like, can I make myself pee right now? And, like, I can't. But you're stopping because you know that that's the most ridiculous thing in the entire world to do. So that's why you're stopping. I think it was a long time ago when I had a bladder infection. I need to see if I had to pee. Oh and, then, and then I was like, oh, I just need to see if I could do it. And I could, but I could not do it. Maybe it's because I had a bladder infection. Anyway, oh continuing my God. on. <laughs> okay, so you you just, like, peed without even – so that. but then that must be nice because then you don't have to, like, now you know it's just it going to happen once when it happens. I got, once I got used to it, it was great. Yeah. And then after yeah. a few days of being in the hospital when they removed it, I was like, oh, man, like, now, now I, I actually have to, have to get yeah. out of my bed and walk to the bathroom? Like, oh what? Oh, my gosh. So did you look at – when you went – or, no, you didn't go to the washroom. Did they show you, like – did they give you a mirror to, like, look at what you looked like at that point or – So I had my phone and stuff. I had my computer with me. So I don't, I don't know if I looked in a mirror or if I just saw myself in my phone or whatever. It was, like, something else. So what they had done was – my incision went like across the top of my head. So they shaved like a giant patch on the top of my head and braided my hair at the back. So, stop. Yeah. So I had like a fringe that was braided and I had a bald spot on the top. But at first I had um, like a giant sheet of gauze covering the incision. So it just looked like I was wearing like, uh -huh. like one of those like or like to, a yarmulke, to, like one of those yeah, 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 caps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is like like a story that's being told and we're listening and be like, oh, that sucks. But when you actually think about like a normal girl who's like this cool, like whatever, going through this, like, were you like, like, were you like, my hair is ruined now? Like, did, did, did hair come into play? Which seems like it's not even important in the grand scheme of things. So but it you're, seems like you're that. a normal person, though, right? So like, yeah. 
Well, at the time I was like, yeah, this sucks because I had enough hair that I could wear it in a ponytail or a bun and it would cover my, my baldness. But at the time I was like, if I do that, my hair is going to grow at different rates. Like I'm going to have this bald patch that's going to grow differently than the rest of my hair. So I'm just going to shave it off. So I ended up shaving it off um, just because I felt like that was what I needed to do. But, but you also have had... like the perfect face for it too. No, I. so I remember when you came into Brown Dog, you had your hair head shaved. And do you remember me saying this to you? I'm like, I swear I am not just saying this. You freaking look like a model. Like yeah. your, your face oh, shaved stop. and your head. I'm not just saying this. I was not like, everyone if can do I that. had to shave my head, I would look insane. But well, you really pulled it off. Like, I was concerned about it too. Cause I was like, I don't know what my head looks like under this hair. So yeah. like, it's going to be a surprise for everyone. But, <laughs> um, it was like, I had my surgery in January, so it was still cold out and I wasn't going anywhere. Like I wasn't leaving my house. I was, even though I was only in the hospital for five days, I was recovering at home for months. So oh. even when I first started going out, I was wearing toques and stuff. Like I was, yeah. and I've always been like really into makeup. So I thought like, okay, if I'm going to have no hair, then at least I can like do fun things with my makeup. But at the time it just, I had never had short hair before. So I was so insecure about it. And I remember my mom saying like, take pictures because you're going to want to look back at this time. But I was like, I don't, I look gross. Like I look like a boy. I'm not cute. Like I don't want to take pictures. And now like mothers are always right. I do have a few pictures, but like, I wish there was more from yeah. that time. Yeah. That's interesting. But, like, yeah. And now if I end up going bald again, which we'll talk about as well, I feel like I, yeah. I'll do it differently because I feel like now I have a little bit more confidence to be able to do that because I've done it once and I was super insecure the first time. And yeah. I don't want to do that again. So wh- what happened the second time you found out that it came back? How okay, did you so, feel? What, yeah. like, how did that go? After not going to the doctor for two years, I graduated from school and I was like, okay, 2020 is the year of me. Like, I'm going to get back to my, my health journey. Like, I'm going to take care of myself, like self-love, self-care, all that jazz. So I hadn't had an MRI. So I went to my doctor and I was like, okay, it's been two years that I haven't had an MRI. Um, like, I'm fine. I don't feel anything. I don't have any symptoms, but like, I need to, I need to have this MRI. And at this point now, my terrible lady doctor that I had is no longer there. She left the practice. Now I have a new doctor and he's fantastic. Like he's been really great right from the beginning. Thank God. Cause I don't like that lady. I thought you were going to say she was still there and I was ready to lose. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No. So I, yeah. So I went to him then a few days later, I got a call saying they wanted me to come in and discuss my results. I you're like, oh, God, already knew. Yeah. Um, you did, oh, you knew you, you had the vibe. You know, I, I had the vibe when he told me I felt completely at ease. I didn't feel upset. I just was like, OK, like, what do we do now? And then uh, there my mom was in the waiting room. And as soon as I saw her, I started to cry. Oh, yeah, because that's it's familiar. Like, it's something familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, basically we were like, okay, you know what? We've done this before and myself and my whole family, like we always say like, this is very much just the way I operate. It's like, I take a minute to feel sorry for myself. I cry, I let it all out. And that's a valid thing. Like if you are upset or sad about it, then I think like something is wrong with you because that's a huge thing. Yeah. (laughs) So like, we all just like take a moment. We all cry. We all hug. We are like, whatever. And then we're like, okay, now it's business. Like now we do what we have to do to get through it and we're going to get through it. And that's all there is to it. That's 
amazing. But you know what? It took this to make me that way. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, none of this is a good thing. Like, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. But no. there, I feel like I've changed because of it. Like, you just developed this new mindset and that, like, they're really, this is, like, super cliche, but there is such a power in positivity. And if you believe this thing is going to make you sick and ruin your life, then it is. Everybody understands that that's how I cope with it. And like, just give me a minute. Like, let me be sad. Let me feel sorry for myself. Let me be a little bit negative for a second. And then I'll snap out of it and we'll get on. Yeah. I just yeah. got the ship. I just got the ship. So did I. So did I. <laughs> like it. But and it and it does it sucks so bad that it takes, like you said, like it takes things like this to really teach you these these lessons and make you realize that there's so many bigger things in life that you need totally. to worry about than like these stupid little things, right? Yeah. So but that's that's also why a huge reason was that I wanted you on the podcast because I'm like I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I'm like, I I complain about dumb things and whatever. And then you hear these stories and you're like, oh my God, like I can't, I need to stop. Like there's so many bigger things to to think about. Right. So, yeah. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. It's, I still complain about dumb things all the time. Like it's not like like I'm all like rainbows and sunshine, (laughs) like sunshine all the time, but it's just like, and this isn't, I'm just like full of cliches, but But I I like it though. I like it. It is like, it is so true that even in my position that there is always someone that has it worse than you do. So I always think about that too, especially having spent time in the neuro ward and being around cancer patients and stuff like that. I see how sick some of these people are. And I'm like, yeah, it sucks to be me sometimes or like sucks to be in my situation, but it could be so much worse. But yeah. it's funny that Jane has her, like, her skull is open and she's laying on a table. She's like, there are people way worse off than I am. <laughs> yeah. We're like, uh, okay. <laughs> there are people lying there awake with their skull yeah. open right now. <laughs> she still has the fear. She still has it. Yeah. This is going to, like, add some shock value to the story. Oh, no, but, no, um, no. Also in 2020, my fiance's mom was diagnosed with cancer. So she's being treated at the same hospital. She's oh having chemo. Gosh. So there are times when we actually go to the hospital together because we're both having treatment on the same day. She oh, goes to her Jane. upstairs floor. I go to my downstairs floor. And her yeah. fiance is so like, great. Like, this is not how I want my mom, like, and, yeah. fiance mom and his fiance. This is something I didn't mention to you guys tonight, but I did mention to Kayla when we were first um, DMing on Instagram that at one point during my treatment, I had to stop. I did two treatments, my first two treatments, yes. and I had to stop because I got COVID. <gasps> what? I go, like I'm so I like I literally I'm too distracted by all your other stories that I literally forgot this part. Yeah. As well. So this is you like COVID. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, because that's just another thing to throw onto the, the shit pile that 2020, was 2020. You're, yeah, I, like this is ridiculous. Yeah. So when when did you get COVID? How did you catch it in the hospital? Like no. So. I got COVID, both my fiance and I had it. Is your immune system lowered because of radiation? So it probably would be very easy to catch COVID if that's the yeah. case. That, originally, that was one of my questions to the doctor was like, okay, during radiation, can I still go to the grocery store? Like, am I going to be immunocompromised? They said to me, no, because it's the radiation is so localized, 
it's not going to affect the rest of your immune system. Oh, um, my fiance is a, is a mechanic and he works on school buses. So he's around germs, like children's germs yeah. all the time. Um, so I don't know where it yeah. came from. Um, it, he could have picked it up from a bus that he was but working it, on or from yeah. work. It doesn't who matter, knows, but he got it. Yeah. What has this done to your outlook on life? What has this done to the way that you live now? And has it changed? Um, And if it's cheesy, I don't care. Tell me. Yeah, no. So I think I mentioned earlier that, like, I totally believe in the power of positivity. Like, surround yourself with people that are positive and people that will lift you up because that's the only way you're going to get through something like this. And I think, like, so many people say to me, like, oh, you're so brave or you're so strong. And while that might be true, I always think like, but I have to be like, there's no other choice. This is just what you have to do. And if this happened to either of you, you would have the same mindset and you would just get through it because you do what you have to do. And, and I think that like, if you just lay down and let it consume you, then it's going to consume you. It's going to consume you. So I always say to my fiance, like, I know I'm doing too much during the day. I know I need to relax, but I feel like when I stop moving and I try to relax, that's when I start to feel sick and I will not let this treatment or this disease make me feel sick. Like, Ugh. I don't want it to win. That's just not, that's yeah. just not going to happen. Like, it's not going to, it's not going to. I'm the to. winner here. So like, yeah. I've never, I'm I've never star. been, I like you literally, I have, I'm like so confident in you. Like you make me feel so confident about like what you're saying. And like, that just makes me so happy. And the way you talk about it, just cha- like it changes everything. Um, Like I write a blog and the reason I write the blog is because it's an outlet for me. So I feel like I feel better when I talk about these things, but also A lot of people are afraid of that. And that's why I started writing the blog because I found it was easier to express myself and tell people what was going on through the blog rather than telling them face to face because it's, it's an awkward thing. It really is. And for people listening right now, can you like, do you you have a blog that we can read? Yeah, I do. It's um, (laughs) janesbrains.ca. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So before we go, you know we love a good confession. So we asked Jane in advance, like, can you just like tell us maybe just one confession if that's okay? And Jane, you said you have something, right? I do. It's funny that earlier you were talking about how like if you wanted to pee your pants, you couldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually on the opposite <laughs> side of that spectrum. Okay, and, okay. Uh, I had a uh, a night where a few alcoholic beverages were consumed. <laughs> and I got home to my apartment. I was living downtown Toronto. I got home. It was like four in the morning. And some sometime in the night, I had lost my keys. So I was oh. like frantically buzzing my roommate. Luckily, she's still my friend. I, I don't know why we're still <laughs> friends after this night. But she was not answering. She would not let me in. I was wearing jeans and I sat down on the curb and I was like, I have to pee so bad. A normal person would find an alley. They would pull down their pants. They would pee. Not me. Stop. (laughs) So I sat on the curb and I just peed because I could not hold it. So now I'm sitting on the curb in my pee pants and it gets better. Oh my God. So finally, my roommate wakes up four in the morning. She buzzes me in. She is pissed. She's not happy. I get into the elevator and I think to myself, I'm really uncomfortable, like standing in my pee pants, 
there it's 4 a.m nobody else is getting on the elevator (laughs) i'm taking them off (laughs) oh my god so i took off my pee pants and somebody came into the elevator two people i'm pretty sure it was a woman and a man but i was i was i might have been drunk but i still knew that what i was doing was embarrassing no so i didn't look at their faces i don't know who they were i made it home and the rest of the time i lived in that apartment building i was so nervous to see anybody in the elevator because even though i didn't know who they were they probably knew who i was i was the girl with no pants on And they for sure have told that story to other people. Also, did you stand there in silence? Yeah, like you just committed with your pee pants and awkwardly. She had no pants on and she had her pee pants in her hand. It was like, do, do, do. Don't you imagine like elevator music going, ding, 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 ding. And who who left first? Did they leave first or did you? Like, did you have to walk away in your underwear? I think I got off first. Which is the best bang ending because she's like, bye guys. And then she walks out and they saw her full behind. Like, oh my God, that's so That funny. is awesome. So, yeah, and it's hilarious. So, like in the hospital, she's like, guys, you're going to have to leave the room. But like, she's like, yeah, tonight I'm just going to be with you. Give me a few drinks and I just let loose. Oh my oh, that's gosh. So funny. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if people want to find you and fall in love just as like we have obviously today with everything that you said, they can go to your blog. So we know where your blog is. But do you also like when people like follow you on Instagram and stuff too? Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, my blog is janesbrains.ca and my Instagram is two janes, like two chains, but two janes. So it's T-W-O underscore J-A-N-E-Z. Two Janes comes out when I've had too many drinks and I'm peeing on the curb. (laughs) Two Janes is the one in the elevator for sure. Oh my God, that is hilarious. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your story. Like, honestly, I feel like I have a different outlook on like so many things right now. And I hope that people listening feel the same way. And yeah, check her out because she's just, and also your face is just like the nicest face ever. I love it. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye. I have to call my sister When you rate, review, subscribe It helps us out Cause we love what we do Without a doubt So we wanna thank you for taking the time oh, So here we go We bustin', we bustin' around oh, This is our podcast We're here to stay My name is Kayla This is Stacy K Okay, that uh. I have to call my sister Hey, hey, you there Kayla, stop. You heard it here first. Okay, never mind. We're not doing the rap anymore. Did here first. Oh, my God. That's what I'm talking about. Hey-ho.